Monday. It doesn't have to be home drunk, and it never is if you're in the Weather Jazz family. Hi, this is Dante Jones from Fox 8. It's Meteorological Monday. Always prepared, sunny side up. Here's Andre. 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 Welcome to Weather Jazz, a world audience podcast about anything and everything. Weather, science, earth science, and sometimes even some interesting off-topic episodes, most of which occur on a Friday. I am your host and the creator of the Weather Jazz podcast, Andre Bernier, and I'm the senior meteorologist on staff with WJW Television in Cleveland, Ohio. This is season three, episode number 54. For Monday, April 24, 2023, I know it doesn't feel like April. After this weekend, we will talk about this new weather pattern that we find ourselves embracing, or not embracing in just a little bit. Wow, what a heavy news day, too. All kinds of things going on in the world of television and network news, but we're going to focus on weather because there'll be plenty of other places that take care of news cycle stuff. So that that's where Weather Jazz really sets itself apart. We dig into things like weather, science, earth science, and we will do a lot of that during the day today. And boy, what a crazy weekend in terms of earth science. I'll tell you what I mean here in just a moment. But first of all, today's episode is brought to you by the great folks at Rise and Dine in Chesterland. And I'm going to do something a little bit extra on episode number 54 coming up today on weatherjazz.com. You see, this weekend when my son and I visited Rise and Dine, which is a somewhat frequent custom for a weekend, I had Noah, my son, snap some pictures. I snapped some pictures of uh, what we were eating and uh, just the delightful time that we enjoyed at Rise and Dine. So if you want to check out some of the pictures and you wonder maybe by looking at some of the food items, whether or not you would like it, guaranteed you will, just take a look at their menu sometime. And again, as I always say, it reads like a book, a wonderful, wonderful novel. So much so that it will take you many visits to pick out some of the things that you want to sample and try them. They are at the corner of Routes 306 and 322 in Chesterland. They're on the southeast corner, south of the freestanding CVS in the plaza, just to the south. And uh, maybe we'll even catch you there sometime. Now go to weatherjazz.com, episode number 54 Go check out some of the pictures that I snapped at Rise and Dine Restaurant this past weekend. All right. Now, I mentioned that there was a lot going on, not only in the news world, but also in the world of science, earth science. In particular, a very, very strong geomagnetic storm arrived on planet Earth over the weekend. In fact, according to spaceweather.com, this geomagnetic storm arrived on the early side, earlier than anticipated, and obviously much stronger 
than anticipated. You'll see what I mean by going to weatherjazz.com, episode number 54, taking a look at the bar graph, which plots the planetary K-index. It's an index that measures the disruption pattern of the magnetic field around the Earth. If it's green, things are pretty quiet. Yellow, well, we're starting to see some magnetic storming going on. And if you see red, that would indicate that auroras will migrate from the polar areas down to the mid-latitude parts of the world, both in the northern and the southern hemisphere. Now, just to indicate how powerful this magnetic storm was during the episode, and I believe it still may be going on right now, that if you owned a shortwave radio in any of the northern parts of the globe or the extreme southern parts of the globe, places like Norway, Finland, Iceland, Greenland, northern Canada, Alaska, northern Russia, essentially that shortwave radio would be as dead as a doornail. You see, shortwave radios essentially rely on a part of the atmosphere, which is several miles up in the atmosphere, to bounce those signals off and to allow them to propagate around the globe. Well, that layer is essentially absolutely gone. It was stripped by this magnetic storm. So shortwave radio operators in the extreme northern part of the globe and the extreme southern part of the southern hemisphere simply weren't working. And they're not working, as far as I know, still at this point until the magnetic storm subsides. Now, as best as I can see, it is very slowly subsiding. However, it has not gotten to the point yet where the shortwave operators, shortwave radio operators, can operate their equipment. Now, let's talk about one of the other elements of this magnetic storm. That would be the Aurora Borealis. It gets pushed south, very far south, if the magnetic storm is strong enough. Now, here in Northeast Ohio, I kept looking in the overnight period whenever I happened to be up and about, and we were overcast, but the overcast looks somewhat bright, so it is entirely possible that above the overcast, we had a pretty decent northern lights display that were pretty much masked by the cloud cover. But if you pushed far enough away, you got to see it. Now, I'm going to post a couple of photos on weatherjazz.com, episode number 54. This is going to be a photo-heavy episode, and so you'll want to go to the website whenever you have a chance. If you are listening while you're, say, on a run or maybe driving somewhere here this afternoon, go check it out, weatherjazz.com, episode number 54. Now, not too far from Ohio, northeast Ohio, we travel to southern Ohio, where skies were a bit more cooperative. In Fayetteville, Ohio, which is a little town east of Cincinnati in farm country, and you will see some purple aurora. Wow! Imagine seeing that. But better still are the photos that came in from places like San Diego, 
I also posted a photograph of what the red aurora looked like in Banner Elk, North Carolina. You know, there aren't too many times when the aurora goes that far south. But reports were all over the place. Flagstaff, Arizona, Arkansas, Colorado, Utah, Oklahoma, Tennessee, New Mexico, Texas, and Nebraska all reported seeing some pretty wild aurora last night wherever skies were cooperative. Now, I'm looking at the estimated planetary K index three-hour average, and the latest graph does have quite a decline going back into the green, which says that maybe some of the shortwave operators, shortwave radio operators are beginning to see their signals come back and the blackout is fading. In addition to that, the auroral oval, which got pushed well away from the poles, now getting contracted back in. Will that get pushed back out? It's possible. It's certainly something that we'll need to watch, but the time to watch it was really last night, and if you had clear skies, great. I hope you had the opportunity to see the aurora. And if so, drop me a line, weatherjazz at yahoo.com. I'd love to hear about it because here in Northeast Ohio, it was overcast, very solidly so, and we did not have that great opportunity. Well, let's get to a listener question. This question comes from John, and John says, Mr. Bernier, we have heard many times the record high temperature and record low temperatures in Cleveland. I would like to ask that question with a twist. What is the highest low temperature or warmest low temperature and the coldest or lowest high temperature in Cleveland? In other words, when did we warm up the least and when did we cool off the least, if you know what I mean? And I certainly do know what you mean, John. John closes with some very kind words saying, I enjoy you being the most interesting weather forecaster in Cleveland. John, thank you very much. Really appreciate all of those very kind words. We have the best viewers because of the questions that you come up with, like this one. Well, this one took a little bit more time to dig into, but with a little time and a little patience, I finally have the answer for John. What is the warmest overnight low temperature that we have ever seen at Hopkins Airport since records began at the airport? And that would be 80 degrees. That happened twice in our history, both times in the 1940s. The first time was on July 18, 1942. We dropped to an overnight low of 80 and that's as low as it got. One other time in history, in the 1940s also, this time, June 20th, 1949. The overnight low that day was 80. It's the only two instances where the Cleveland Hopkins Airport temperature failed to go under 80 degrees for the overnight low temperature. Well, let's get to John's second part of this question, and that is the coldest high temperature ever recorded. Well, the answer is pretty easy, but this one, too, does have an interesting twist. 
So we have to go to 1985 for that. And that was on January the 20th. And January 20th is also the date on which Cleveland saw the very coldest temperature on record, 20 degrees below zero, and that was in 1994. I remember that morning quite well. But we're talking about the high temperature for the day. Now, it wasn't on this day in 1994. Rather, it was in 1985. January 20th, the high temperature for that day was five degrees below zero. Now, you would figure that with a daytime high of five below zero would indicate that they were in a pretty cold pattern at the time. But when I searched the high temperatures around that January 20th, 1985 date, I could not find any other temperatures that stayed at zero or under for the high, nor did I see any of those days with high temperatures that stayed in the single digits. Now, there were eight other days during that winter where we saw maximum temperatures stay in the teens, but that's a far cry from five degrees below zero. So it was either really, really super cold or just garden variety cold. Nothing in between. So, John, there's your long-winded answer for both. The warmest overnight low, 80 degrees. That was twice in the 1940s. And the coldest high temperature ever in Cleveland, five below. And that was in 1985. Well, currently we are in a cool pattern. It's something that Scott Sable and I discussed on Friday's edition of Weather Jazz, episode number 53. If you missed out on that, I highly recommend you going back and seeing what we talked about because it'll essentially go through some of the explanation as to why exactly we find ourselves back in a cool pattern. My wife and I were just talking this morning, talking about this pattern While it's not super, super cold, there simply are going to be very limited warm-ups that we see in the eastern U.S. anytime in the next two, maybe even three weeks. That will take us into perhaps the first third of May, potentially even beyond. Yes, we did see some snow and sleet yesterday um, and even this morning. On my ride home from my workout, I work out at least a couple times a week, and on my way to the gym, it was snowing. In fact, I called Bill Martin. Many of you know Bill Martin is living down in Lakewood Ranch, Florida, just outside of Sarasota, and uh, let him know, hey, Bill, guess what it's doing right now? It's snowing. And (laughs) he says, I never want to see another snowflake for as long as I live. He is definitely a Floridian through and through nowadays, but down there for a little while, absolutely loving life. And by the way, we do have Bill uh, on from time to time here on Weather Jazz just to talk about whatever comes to mind. I think we should have one of those episodes here before too long. So stay tuned. Sometimes you just never know what you are going to get. Well, do you have a question, a topic suggestion, or just want to say hello? I welcome your input. You can reach me by email, weatherjazz at yahoo.com. And you can also leave me a voicemail on the Weather Jazz Podcast 
Audience Connect Live. The number 234-525-5888. And just in case you're in a spot where you can't transcribe that, not to worry. Just go to weatherjazz.com and click on the Contacts tab at the very top. And all that information will be available to you right at your fingertips. Please use it and let me know that you're listening, even if it's just to say hello. Well, we've got Science Wednesday coming around, probably getting back to our big Blue Marble series. So join me in a couple of days. We'll see you back here on Wednesday. Weather and science across the globe. Weather Jazz Podcast.